That fresh produce stand there. That's a beauty. What do you listen to? My favorite murder podcast. Taggart and Torrance podcast. The produce stand. Ah, fucking sexy. It's Margarita Monday, and that means we are once again hanging out at the produce stand. Podcast paying tribute to everything in the universe. I know what you're thinking. There are many other Letterkenny podcasts out there, but this one is all about the Squishmallows. I'm Al, your host, and joining me in the room, as always, is lovely Tanya. And online, we have Squirrely Matt and the valuable Victor. And joining us this week, she's a stand-up comic, a writer, a blogger, a fellow podcaster, and an actor. You'll be able to see her in the newest Crave series, Late Bloomers. And you can catch her on Roast Battles Canada, where she eviscerates any and all competition. Don't fuck with this girl. She will cut you verbally. We all know and love her as one half of the stand-up team of Alex and Olive, featured in this season's of Letter Kenny. Please join me in making some Noise for Olivia Stadler. Wondrous. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wait, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Even just throwing up my blog, I'm like, no, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. There's a secret. secret the Substack is a out. secret. It's a no, I'm kidding. Very poorly. But kept you know secret. when you make stuff, I don't know if you guys can relate to this, mm-hmm. but ma- you make stuff because you feel compelled. You have the art- artistic impulse to create stuff, but then mm-hmm. actually having people consume it is a terrifying thought. <laughs> but both have to yeah. exist. Yes. Like, what if just stranger? That's why yeah. I'm doing this letter kind of tour was a dream because it's like so often I perform in front of my peers, which is a nightmare. It's like, I don't want anyone who knows me to perceive my art. You know what I mean? It's yeah. cringe. Yeah. We've been doing this for what? Three, three years. I think maybe two to three people that I actually know personally have listened to this podcast. I just, yeah. They just wow. don't know. About it. Yeah. Her That's sister awesome. found out about our podcast last year, like two years in. Yeah. And uh, there was I a reason we didn't tell her though. Cause she listened to one episode and said, yeah, I'm good. We don't need to listen anymore. <laughs> I felt yeah, the exact same. Have. There was a reference to uh, somebody had sent a message saying that they were listening to us on the way uh, to work in the morning, and I'm like, "Why are people listening to our conversation?" Like, uh, it's yeah, creepy. It was, it was, it's it was, really it was, creepy. It's like, guys, this is my conversation with my friends, and you're listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I put it out in the world doesn't mean you actually have to consume yeah, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember at the beginning I was counting. I'm like, nine people are listening. Okay, there's four. <laughs> If we each listen twice, then that's, everyone's accountable. <laughs> you know, but for. then it's like if nobody sends you a message, it's like, okay, well, my friends are hate listening. They're listening and they're seething and they're they're Fuckers. like, wow, oh, she's annoying. Um, I literally start every, I, I prelude every episode of my podcast, which I do <laughs> quarterly, a quarterly <laughs> podcast, um, by saying, mom and dad, please don't listen to this. And I mean it with all my heart. <laughs> well, we have kids, so we tell them not to li- We don't even. We do the same. How old are they? Well, my our son, our oldest, is sixteen. So we tell him, do not, oh, do yeah. not tell your friends That's about my our, fear because if they listen, but, they're going to have so much to. But make. you say that, but then you brought him to their show. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So, yeah, like my he son, was sitting front row listening yeah. to you right. in Burlington. I don't remember. Yeah. your kid. We're, what, He's were a you tall guy, Burlington tall show? shaggy kid. Um, front row. We were front row, kind of off to the real to your left. To him. Yeah. That sounds anyway. familiar. Six foot four. Anyway, we gave you guys T-shirts. If you remember, Ali, I remember that. Of yeah, course, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember meeting you guys. Where were you speaking to us from? 
I'm in Toronto, Ontario. What part of Toronto? No, 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 no. Oh, just Toronto. I don't want anyone to kill me. Okay, I don't want anyone to. The, the middle part, we'll say. Um, Sex murder me. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's fine. Uh, wh- where are you from originally? I'm from uh, Vaughn. Vaughn. Maple, Vaughn, Ontario. The city above just Toronto. got in the train and went down and stopped. Yeah. I used to just be like, I'm from, it's like if I would go outside of Ontario, I would just mm-hmm. say I'm from Toronto. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We still reference yeah. Toronto. So growing up in Vaughn, uh, how did Olivia Sadler become a, like, decide she wanted to be a comedian? Or is that... Was that the first thing you wanted to do or was there something else? I literally didn't know about stand up until I was like 21. Okay. Um, well, not that I didn't know about it. I think I just like, first of all, didn't see it as an option because I didn't see any like female com- comics and right. it wasn't really in my world. My parents didn't spend a lot of time watching stand up. I remember they found Russell Peters, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Like that's the first stand up I ever yeah. saw at Christmas time when I was probably like, 12 or something my parents just kept playing it right his christmas um, special i don't know i think it was just a oh, special oh, okay it was probably it like, his, like his original act was one of the yeah one of the greatest, greatest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, greatest we, we got to see him at yuck yucks before he was a thing it, he was, was, it was really yeah, yeah but like we already knew his name and because like his act before was pretty local right it was all about his growing up in scarborough and stuff right which was a lot of fun and his dad uh and, and his dad yeah um <laughs> and um yeah, we loved it. But uh, yeah, we used to go to Yuck Yucks a lot. So uh, yeah, we were big fans of stand-up comedy. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. And you I, I guys know, used to live downtown? No, but I mean, it was our city uh-huh, outing, yeah. right? We'd come down to bars or whatever, but one, almost once a month probably we'd, we'd go to we'd go to the comedy club. Yeah. So yeah. Do you guys still? Oh, it's been a while. We've had we got, children we got now. kids now. <laughs> right, kids now. now we only go to the soft seaters to see you and uh, and Mark Forward and and uh, Jeff McHenry and <laughs> the soft seaters. <laughs> soft oh seaters. Do you guys get free tickets for doing this podcast? Oh, I wish. No, we don't. We had to pay. We paid. We paid. Jared, <laughs> what a good word. Listening? We love. We, we yeah. Right. We yeah. love free tickets. Yeah. Well, you guys can come to um, my shows if you want. I'll. I'll uh, what's it called? I'll put you on guest list. Well, and it's You're exciting. I mean, how how excited are you that uh, the tour is continuing and is has been extended? Super exciting! Like mm-hmm. I, it's just my it's a dream come true to get to do a tour that I don't have to promote by myself right. that I just get to show up to, and it's like yeah. with the the fandom that Letterkenny has, I have to say are the nicest, most well meaning, kind like it's just best fans. Like it's so nice to go and not feel you know like the audience has their arms crossed and doesn't want to like you because right. yeah. that's the case of a lot of audiences. They're like, well, this better be fucking good, yeah. you know, but letter Kenny fans are just, yeah. just seem to be like the best type of people. So it's on so many levels. It's incredible mm-hmm. traveling. I love staying in hotels. Um, doing this tour is actually the first leg of the tour. That's my first time ever performing in a theater. Mm. So that's a completely, completely new experience as a standup. Like the way you perform right. is completely different. So I learned, yeah so much from doing that and i really feel like i was able to take that and you know grow as a comic um yeah my little uh indie shows that i do right well let's let's start at the beginning though so when did you first start like when did you first get on stage and get on a mic and like who gave you that idea um i was uh you know sorry i would just to go back to your question before Mm -hmm. i didn't know what i wanted to do i went to university for i guess people told me i was like good at writing which is what you say to someone who's not good at math um (laughs) i don't even think i was good at writing but then i had to become good at writing because Mm -hmm. i wasn't good at math you know what i mean so then i was like i didn't know what i remember for so long 
being in university and taking like and like being like I want to be a newscaster, oh. but then I found out that that means you have to be a journalist, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I I think I just kind of knew that I wanted to be on TV, right? But I didn't ever see acting as because I was in high school, yeah. Um, and I I wasn't in the acting program, so I'm mm. like, well, I don't. I it's too late. Right. I can't be an actor, and I just felt like it was like too far fetched, so I mm. never really had the ambition for it. Um, I would spend a lot of time in university not going to class and just like on Twitter. I used to be like very, very active on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then I remember one day I uh, I started watching like the Mindy Project mm-hmm. and I was Googling while I was doing it. And I found out her story, which is that she was like a comic who wrote this. I'm like, and I just never clicked that TV writing was a job. And then it just clicked. I'm like, that's it. Oh, my God. Make It just clicked in my head. I'm like, that is it. And I remember like I was um I used I was a dancer growing up and I really started to dread dance when in university, which I didn't have to do had to do. No one made me do it. I just like that those were all my friends were dancers. Mm-hmm. So I just kept dancing and I hated it. Like I would be hungover, I'd be binge eating, I wouldn't try, I wouldn't show, I'd be late, I'd be the worst. Um and then I remember that night I was like, I'm not going back to dance. Like as soon as I decided, I'm like, well, now I know I have a path. This makes right. me sound like a shitty person. I don't know why I needed to tell that anecdote. Oh no. Well, I, um, it's funny you bring up dancing because I was going to ask you, one of your first credits or your first credit on IMDb is for a movie called, uh, <laughs> where is it here? Cody the Robo Sapien. And you're not, so it's not an acting credit. It's a dancing credit. So talk about that for a sec. So random. So it was just, um, <laughs> you, you know, when like obviously characters and animated character will dance, mm-hmm. they, they trade, they videotape and then they trace the actions. I don't really know how um, animation works exactly, but they videotaped us. Okay. This is before motion capture because this is 2013. So they they would do that. And so what kind of dance are you into or or were you into? I mean, I don't even think they ended up using me. I think that they just ended up using one girl because then they wanted to make everyone look identical. Mm -hmm. But I got the credit nonetheless. You're, Um, You're in a director's cut somewhere. Yeah, I'm in a director's cut. I got the credit. It's so funny. That's been the only thing on my IMDb for so long. I think it's funny. Well, you're, you're adding to it now. I mean, uh, there's a show now that just, uh, I mean, you, we were supposed to have you on last Monday, but uh, you couldn't yeah. because of a world premiere of a new show called Late Bloomers. What, why don't you mm-hmm. talk a bit about that? That was, um, I think that's the most fun I've ever had getting to act or be on set because like I have a handful of other experiences like obviously letter Kenny mm-hmm. but that was stressful because I was a doing stand-up and like worried about representing myself as a comic as right. and then also it was our script mm-hmm. so I had other things in mind and then I've been in like serious films but this was my first time where I'm just like I just have to come in be funny be a bitch kind of just be myself and then I get to leave and just like it was so much fun it was so much fun to play with Jasmine. I don't know if you guys know Jasmine Reina. He was like a huge YouTuber, went away for a couple of years, has been working on this project and has now reemerged into the creative space mm-hmm. with this fantastic show, Late Bloomer. Um, yeah, the whole cast and crew is like incredible. I'm literally in the show for half a second and yeah. I have milked the absolute shit out of it. I've hung out with them. I've right. gone. You know, you your- say that, but but your character, I watched it. It was fantastic, by oh, the way. Um, and without you that first episode wouldn't have happened like you're basically the reason that all everything hit the fan in that first it's, episode without spoiling shit you are the reason so this was me blackout drunk at 3 a.m everyone's like <laughs> you're my family i'm like you guys are my fucking fa-. you know i am the catalyst for this entire series if you, you think go. about it if i never <laughs> won't spoil it 
this show wouldn't be here. So we need yeah. to figure out how to bring you back for season two. Everyone's okay. like, you need to go home. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it is. I mean, the, I've only watched the first episode, but it's hilarious. I'm, I'm looking forward to dive into the rest of the series. Jasmine's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's got, it's got a future. It's, it's a funny show. So this is totally. a new series on crave. Uh, I don't know how yep. our American listeners are going to be able to, to watch it. Hopefully it gets picked up by Hulu as well, but uh, for now it's only available on crave and it's called late bloomers. Uh, and, and you're in the first, how many up or how long is the season? I think this season's like six episodes. Six episodes okay. Maybe eight, six or eight. Mm-hmm. And you're in the first episode of the, of the, of you're in the pilot. I'm in the pilot. Yeah. Which is yeah. nice because that's typically the episode that gets watched the mm-hmm. most. Very cool. And like I said, I am the catalyst for the entire, um, yeah. Plots. You're the MVP. Kind of integral yeah. to the plot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Amazing. If you didn't drop the ball, nothing else would have happened. Now, now there is another credit that's going to be coming out soon on your IMDb called uh, for a show called Stalkers. Do you, can you talk anything about that? That is a indie movie oh, that movie. I um, was starring in for two and a half years. Um, it's probably going to be four. I know because wow. so much happened. Like I got really injured, and then it was so it's like self funded by the director paul thompson incredible mm-hmm. it's his first time um directing he wrote this script years and years ago and he finally got a chance to make it i'm like so honored that i'm like I'm, i wasn't even an actor and then he just um sought me out from he saw me on roast battle and then he just put me on a short list here's the thing what's funny is that he has the same full name paul thompson as my ex-boyfriend <laughs> before we were dating this is how long the movie was going on wow. like the movie uh has lasted longer than the relationship because mm-hmm. i thought I, I dm'd paul and i was like hey did you write a movie where i'm a porn star you want me or something <laughs> and then um we started dating and then mm-hmm. i was in this movie and it wasn't him um because he's like no what up though um and then we we <laughs> and i got him in the movie in the end he wow. played my pimp and then wait your the ex-boyfriend movie, played your pimp in the movie in the movie directed by and the then, guy with the same name as your ex with the same name you can't and then i have a daughter there at in the all. Movie. pardon <laughs> There's no issues there at all. No, no. <laughs> Love it. No, it's it's crazy. Yeah. And it's funny because there's no way for me to tell that story without saying his name because, yeah. you know, the name that I want to promote the name of the director without right. telling everyone the name, the exact name of my ex-boyfriend. But say la vie, here we are. And I have a daughter in the movie. Um, I don't know if this is how what the information you were looking for. I have a daughter no, in the whatever. movie. But it's funny because like when we started the movie, she was 13. Now she's like 15 going on 16. So she's taller than me. She's way bigger rack than me. Her hair, she won't, she won't cut her hair because she's 16. Why would she want to cut her hair? It's going to be like boyhood, but not on purpose. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. We didn't shoot it chronologically. Yeah. No. And so I mean, wait, so so when is this thing coming? Yeah. When's it coming out? And the, the premiere, your daughter's going to look older than you. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. <laughs> and you might be dating your ex-boyfriend again. Yeah. yeah or yeah. Or a new Paul Thompson. <laughs> Or or no one, yeah. yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Now you mentioned Roast Battles Canada, and that's kind of the first time I ever saw you. Uh, before I knew who you were or anything about Letter Kenny, I remember specifically some of the roasts you were in. Um, I mean, talk about that, and and one of the judges being Kay Trevor. So, like, how did that come about? Was it because of your association with Letter Kenny that you got on, or how did you get in there? Um, I think it was more just because of stand up mm-hmm. i'm trying to remember the timeline so that was in 2021 we shot the first yeah. season um i didn't really know k trev really because he kind of like operates on a different echelon with his stand-up like he tours as a headliner and yeah. like i said i mostly just do indie shows in toronto mm-hmm. or club shows in toronto 
Um, but yeah, it was like it was it was interesting because I feel like people think we know each other. We worked remote. Like when we got the letter county job, that was um during the pandemic, and Allie and I worked together, but there's no writer's room for letter county. It's right. all yeah. filtered through Jared. That's why the show is so his voice and it's so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't really know Patrev that well. Um, but it was cool. Like I felt like I'm like he like an alignment with him, and I'm like, that's my buddy, it's probably has my back, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, you know, I look up to him so much. He's such an incredible comic. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Well, I mean, so just talk <laughs> about like being a roast comic. Like this oh. seems like something you, ex- you excel at. I hope that you take that uh, as a compliment. Um, uh, like so you're saying I'm a bitch. You think I'm a fucking bitch. No, I'm, I'm saying you're really good at your quick witted. You're a little I think scary is what, is, is what I'm saying. Right. You're a little scary. <laughs> yeah you're a little intimidating <laughs> it was funny when i came when that late bloomer show came out mm-hmm. like my character is like the, the name of the character because there's no name of the character again huge still a huge part of the show but no no character name mm-hmm. um <laughs> is like racist bitch or something like that and then my mom she when she called me she was just like it was just nice to see you be yourself on screen she was like you're just being olivia <laughs> okay <laughs> that's Here's amazing I'm like my my person my my sense of humor is very blunt and like this, but I'm I have a heart of gold. Well, I mean, um, but yeah, I'm quick witted and I'm yeah. and I'm a little cunty. Yeah, is so it works for roasting, I think. And I also just I find roast to be like a love language. Like I don't my me and my family. Like I have a big family, and we all are pretty relentless and making fun of each other. Yeah. So, so I don't so know. You- yeah. So when you're diving, and so I'm curious, so curious about roasts, right? They're amazing, but there's definitely uh, a certain skill when approaching them, right? Like, what what's sort of the train of thought going into preparing for a roast? Like, wh- like how do you know if you're going too far or not far enough? And and you know, is there some pre work you're doing before? Do you know who you're going up? Yeah. And does your opponent say, "Hey, don't go there"? <laughs> do, do you? We get- have conversations. Like, do you have any yeah. no go areas? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's a, a big thing. You'll have a conversation. Sometimes um, your opponent won't give you information and then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to just call you a pedophile then. Like I, <laughs> if you're not going to give me, cause it's like, it's better to have what I'll do when I'm preparing for a roast is I'll just accumulate as many facts as I know about them. Mm-hmm. And then I wish I had an example to think of right now, but it's like, I'll, I'll look for, okay. Okay. I did one against Paul Thompson, my mm-hmm. ex-boyfriend. That was the first roast I ever did, which is also crazy. We weren't dating at the time, but, um, so it's like I wrote him like he has like acne, right? And okay. so then I'll write a bunch of associative words of that. And then it's like, oh, he's from Edmonton. So then I made it like an Edmonton Oilers something about his skin being bad joke. Mm-hmm. And then I so it's like I'm, I'm looking for things yeah. to connect of the facts about him. Okay. You know what I mean? Now I'm trying to get the timeline straight here because because this is important. Facts <laughs> are important. Please tag him when you post this. Was he was he your boyfriend after this which, roast? Which one? Like, did you did you take him apart and then he's like, "Huh, I want to date this girl," or, or uh, was this maybe the reason you guys broke up? No, that was so that was 2021. Okay, April, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, no, that was what it was. And then we had this roast battle together. I went in um to it. I felt like I had some like animosity against him for some reason. And mm-hmm. then when we were sharing the stage, um. I it was like electric and I was like oh I'm 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 deeply attracted to this man and I'm obsessed with him and then I formed a crush on him after the fact oh. um and then we I got that script later on and then I was like oh my god does he feel it too and he wrote this movie about me <laughs> 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 he wrote this movie about me so we could share a screen again 
but then that wasn't the truth. But it did give me a reason to reach out. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's I incredible. Uh, just Beautiful a love story. Couple more roast bout. I'm picturing the movie or the sitcom already. Yeah, well, it's just gonna be called Paul Thompson, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, need to get back together. Last last thing on the roast battles are th- are these in front of live studio audience, and do you re- record them all at once, or is it like, how does that work? Um, we record. I think there's like three days of shooting, and mm. then like every every person on the show has two opponents. Mm-hmm. The audience. This is something I'm not I'm not too crazy about. Those are paid actors. Oh, I know. That's I don't know. That's a little disappointing. Yeah, it is disappointing. Not only for you guys, but more so for me because it's like, well, they just tell you just laugh at everything. Right. You're not getting a real tell. Yeah. And Mm. also, it feels psychotic. Mm. I'm a stand up. I'm not like the idea of performing for people who are paid to laugh is like it makes it already takes a level of cognitive. cognitive dissonance to do stand-up comedy because yeah, like right. to go on stage and like tell people your secrets but then to do it and have it like be this extra level of false it it feels crazy mm-hmm. it feels insane I, I wonder if the american version with uh jeff ross is done done the same way i know because the other thing is that it kind of takes a level of like the roughness and the edge out of it because it's like you want there to be a potential for a joke to really bomb. Yeah, you want groaners in there too, or, or yeah, yeah like gas or responses. something. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a little that's, disappointing. <laughs> well, I, I don't know why. I, like, yeah, I guess unless they want to just be able to control the maybe. I don't know. That's, that's it's television. They well, need to they, they film it during right. the day and they want to do it all in a chunk. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like if in order to get a live audience, they would have to do it downtown. Yeah. Um, they would have to. It would have to do a number of things and mm-hmm. then it would still there, there's always potential for it to get ruined. You know what I yeah. mean? And then you've paid these yeah. comics for material that you don't get to use because someone stood up in the middle of the show and That's uh, fair. took off their pants, you know? Sure. Yeah. That's fair enough. What's 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 with the obsession with uh, squishmallows? Damn it, I, there goes my question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Matt. <laughs> I only asked because we were talking about our kids. My daughter is obsessed with squishmallows and so you have something you know in common. What? You're going to be heartbroken to find out that I'm kind of moving on from that phase. I think it was just like a weird, um, I don't know. This guy I was talking to told me he thinks I have like autism or something. I thought it was just depression because it really helped with my depression. Mm. But the way that I was collecting them uh, does signify um, something larger. Um, but they re- they really helped me for a while. And I think they're cute and they're so soft. And... Um, yeah, now I just have four of them littering my house, but they're really good as pillows. Um, they're amazing friends. Maybe I got it when I was going through a breakup when I got that first one. Well, I got that first one and then I started taking pictures with it and talking about it. And then someone who works for Squishmallows gave me two. And then it kind of just became like a funny personality thing. And then when I was on the road with Letterkenny, um, I saw one at a gas station in Ohio and then Jeff was like, you have to buy it. Um, and I was like, is this whole like squishmallow thing? Is this giving molested? And that was the hardest I've ever made Jeff laugh. <laughs> giving molested. I wasn't molested, by the way. I have great parents. Okay. And um, no one else did either. We believe you, and this isn't that kind of podcast. So let's uh, we'll move on. <laughs> Imagine that was just my answer. Oh, um, I was molested. That's why I like squishmallows. Um. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk about um i mean being a comedian in toronto like uh I, I i was a big fan of a show called crashing which is like pete holmes being a comedian Love. in new york yeah 
great show. What would be like, is it the same or, or would you say it's, you know, you have to do bringer shows and stuff. It, it seems like you do a lot of work at uh, the comedy bar. Is that kind of like your home base or do you, you know, how often do you get on stage? You know, all those, those kinds of things. Um, yeah, I get on stage as often as I can, like mm. between like seven and sometimes like 15 times a week. Like oh, I wow. obviously on the weekends you can do a lot more. Mm-hmm. I like to do like three or four shows on Fridays and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm being exaggerated with that number but i try to get up as much as i can i if, if someone yeah. asks me to do a spot i'm there like it's my favorite thing in the world to do um it is very similar to the new york scene it's smaller obviously yeah. but it functions more or less the same and then the ceiling is a lot lower like we don't have the type of opportunities it's like any an agent can be in the audience that'll change your life and right. that you, yeah. it's the historic comedy seller mm-hmm. so we don't have the same um you know what are some of your favorite venues to play in Toronto? Like I, I know, like I said, it's not a massive market, but there's like the corner comedy, there's comedy mm-hmm. bar, there's uh, yuck yucks, is, is the, yuck yucks. What's the one up on Eglinton? Is it still there? Ab- abs? Absolutely. You know Absolute. what? A lot of these stages, it sucks because like yuck yucks is actually downtown is one of my favorite stages to be on, but their protocol for um, having comics is like extremely strict, and like I, I'd have to leave. I, I, I have had a lot of conversations with Mark Breslin about working there because i really would like to and you know it's one of the only um institutions that offers opportunities to do long sets right which i want to do more often to work on a long set obviously so i can continue to grow as a comic but i'd have to leave my agent because they need to be your agent but my agent's been good to me so i just it's yeah it's uh, it's complicated Mm -hmm. you you had uh, mark on your podcast before now those who don't know mark breslin is the owner of uh, yuck yucks and yuck yucks is kind of a a chain of comedy bars throughout canada right it's not just in toronto uh i know the only guest i've ever had on my podcast (laughs) yeah um but i mean yeah, if you get in on Yuck Yucks, it means you you don't have to just work in Toronto, right? You can work across Canada, right? At other at other Yuck Yucks. Totally, yeah. Yeah. You could do that with or without Yuck Yucks. The thing about Yuck Yucks is it used to be a lot um a lot more um what's the word? Of a a thing you kind of needed to Right. It was a bigger deal than it is now. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's but because I think I mean just the game of stand up is changing a little bit. Sure, but yeah, Yuck Yucks is like an incredible historic mm-hmm. institution. It's cool to like be overlapping with it, and I've gotten to play that stage because again, that room is fantastic. But I really like the cab space, the cabaret space, um, uh, at Comedy Bar West. I fucking love at Comedy Bar Danforth the main stage. That actually might be my favorite stage. Mm-hmm. So fun. That's Did you ever room. play the the old um the, the previous location for corner comedy? A tiny yeah, little stage. All of the iterations. Yeah, they they're all I love that little really space. Cool. There's no Pardon? hiding there. I love that no. little space. There was no hiding there. <clears throat> yep. That was actually the first um the first comedy show I ever went to watch in Toronto was at the comedy the corner comedy club, the original one on John Street. Yeah. Very cool. It's a fun space. Uh just up the road from uh, where you used to work at Gretzky's. Yes. Wait, so so did you actually work there or that's just part of your act? Yeah, I worked there. One of the worst jobs I've ever had in my life. I and, love and I love your and, your and you actually story. didn't and you actually thought he was dead. Um I no, I didn't think he was dead. I that, that's a punchline, but um I didn't recognize him. And I was just like, I can't be serving this guy because I'm like, I'm gonna like, I don't know. 
Oh, for the longest I, time, the, the back of Gretzky's used to be also the home for uh, Second City. Second right? City. Uh, did yeah, you exactly. Ever, did you ever mingle with those folks? Or like, were you ever, in, ever into improv? I When I started stand-up, so going back to that uh, the original question of when I started, so I read mm-hmm. Mindy Kaling's book and then the instruction of like how to start stand-up or straight, how to get into comedy writing mm-hmm. was to do either stand-up or improv because it's like you have to do comedy for yourself, learn how to write for yourself, yeah. learn how to articulate humor. If you're in a writer's room, you'll want to know how to pitch a joke, write a joke. So then I was like, word, okay, I'll take a stand-up, I'll take a writing class mm-hmm. and then I will take a um, improv class and I'll take a stand-up class. I took all of those at Second City and then I just fell in love with stand-up. Very cool. So that's also why I worked out Gretzky's because it was right there when I was mm-hmm. taking classes at Second City. Yeah, fair enough. I know Al's going to take us towards Letterkenny, but one more question on stand-up. Um, when early on, when you're refining your your uh, your act, was it were you as oh, sounds right, but like were you as crude out of the gate, or like was your approach to it a little cleaner when you started before you kind of found your confidence to throw the the nasty out there, or like what? How did you start, and where did you, how did it evolve? I was far more crude when I started. Really? Um, okay, the yeah. other way. <laughs> I was just bombing. Yeah, of course. That's the thing, thing, thing about stand-up that's like I think people don't realize, and I'm very reluctant to use the word brave to um, describe a stand-up comedian because uh, we're far too pathological to even <laughs> – anyways, you have to – it's the only art form where you have to uh, practice publicly. You know what I mean? You have mm-hmm. to, So you have to be bad – you have to be bad at anything before you're good at it. But for sure. us, you have to be bad in front of people and just shoulder that mm. until oh, yeah. you figure it out. And you just got to be honest with yourself, like watch your sets back and be like, why isn't this working? And then you just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, I had to learn, like, I'm like, I would, I would just be like the worst, my, my most crude jokes, like my most crude jokes are my first jokes. Mm-hmm. And now I've learned to like kind of cushion them with, slightly less crude jokes yeah. so you're like overexcited you came out so strong these ones are gonna nail and they did you're like, oh shit that was no too far. <laughs> that was the other thing that was crazy is it's just like when i would do jokes and and, and being like i'm like it's that, that that's the other reason why i think it's kind of brave is it's like you're going on stage and you're like i can't i don't have the ability to switch gears if i'm bombing like now if i'm bombing mm-hmm. i'm like okay they don't like that so i'll do this you yeah. only have five or six jokes when you're starting stand-up so it's like <laughs> yeah yeah well, you're if you if you hated that one, guess what, folks? You're gonna fucking hate this one too. You know what I mean? And then you just do it. You just do it anyways. Because yeah. it's like that's the only thing you have, and you yeah. have to do the job. The job is to do five minutes or seven minutes or whatever right. it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you just figure it out. Or let's get to uh, the part of the show that everyone's waiting for, and that's to talk about Letter Kenny. And I've got a little uh, clip here. Uh, we're talking about a lot of, about stand up comedy here. Um, the episode that you're on in Letter Kenny season twelve. Uh, one of the the regular cast members tried stand-up comedy and she talks a little bit about it here. Um, so yeah, I could ask for like stage present advice, timing, but I think you, you learn better by just kind of watching and absorbing. And I definitely had a lot of opportunities to do that watching Trev and Mark on the road. Yeah. And I imagine Ali and Olivia, because they're kind of more standard stand-up comics uh, might've had, uh, you know, some tips for you. Yeah. Well, they wrote it. They wrote right. that. Yeah. Um, they wrote all the stand up for that episode. Um, and they're so great and mm-hmm. so supportive. And when I was on the stage sweating and so nervous, um, I looked over at them a few times and they were giving me big beaming smiles and being so sweet mm-hmm. <laughs> about it. So yeah, they were, they were great. That was uh, Michelle Milet talking about, you know, yeah. her uh, first try at stand up comedy. Now, 
<clears throat> can you remember, like, I'm sure you remember that, you know, shooting that. Uh, were there any, what kind of pointers were you giving Michelle before she got on stage? I don't know if we were giving her pointers because that was the other thing that was interesting to me is she was really nervous about quote unquote doing stand up. Mm -hmm. But it was like, this isn't, it, it to me, it felt like this isn't doing stand up. This is just acting. Right. Yeah. Cause we're on set right now in front of like, that's why again with like the roast battle Canada felt like when they're, when you're performing in front of paid actors, it's like, it doesn't feel like doing stand up. but I also recognize that mm -hmm. that's there is a hybrid experience. So obviously she's, I don't know. I think she did a really great job. Um, I don't know if there is pointers to be given for stand up because for everyone, what they're coming with and what they need to change and what they need to improve on is so unique to what they're doing. Right. Um, but it is very exciting to watch someone, you know, do a good job or like try stand up for the first time, especially women. Like I'm always excited, mm -hmm. um, you know, to be there like smiling and being like, you're doing fucking great, which you are, you know? And I don't, does that answer the question? Yeah, pretty, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, we were, blown away when we talked to michelle that her background like she started off in improv so uh she, oh she, yeah she kind of had that comedy so she does have comedy experience uh, in improv yeah but not in stand-up and uh i guess they're two very different di disciplines but uh it was interesting to find out about that about her uh al, like how well do you know al well actually let's start with how did you get involved in letter kenny how did they did they reach out to you or um how did that happen it was it was crazy. It mm. was, it's so funny. Like I, it hasn't really happened to me since, but I don't know. I guess sometimes you get an email that just changes your life forever. Mm. And that's what that was because it happened. Um, right before the pandemic, I was 25 years old. Um, they asked us to write that international woman's day episode. And then we did. And they, the other, sorry, the other thing is Ali was already my best friend. Okay. And then we wrote that together and it made us closer mm -hmm. and it was so much fun. And then Jared was really, really happy with our work and he was busy with a few other things. And he was like, Hey, would you guys want to take these scripts and like add some jokes, punch them up? Mm -hmm. And then we did. And then he was really impressed with that. And then he just decided to take us fully on as punch up writers. And it was like a dream come true for me and Allie, um, like to get to work together as best friends and become closer. And I can't, I, I can't even, put into words like how incredible incredible and life-changing mm -hmm. letter kenny has been because doing that and then he gave us more of the second season next season he let us write full episodes which meant more money which meant i didn't have to work at fucking wayne gretzky's anymore right. like when i came back from the pandemic i was full-time stand-up because he changed my life over that time period you know mm -hmm. and and now i get to do this full-time which is really 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 difficult in this country mm -hmm. And I get to apply for my visa now because I have these credits. I don't know if this is answering the question. Allie's my best uh, friend. I, yeah. It's all a dream come true. It yeah. really is. Uh, you knew Allie from the circuit, I guess, from from the from clubs. Stand up. We actually yeah. started the same month. Okay. Oh. Yeah, we cool. met at a competition, like an amateur competition. Very cool. We're gonna have her on next week. So looking for so if, you, nice. if there's anything you want to say about her right now, I we will play it for her. She's a fucking bitch. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Flipped. <laughs> do you um collaborate in person then or on on uh online with her we collaborate online because we get too distracted irl yeah we'll just like start <laughs> smiling and laughing and you know that's funny 
So is this Letter Kenny Presents tour that uh, we saw you in Bur- Burlington? Is this the first time you're you've been touring with uh, your comedy? Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. And like playing soft seats, uh, um, venues, and and that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, like I've quote unquote gone on tour being like, I like, I'll go to Montreal and do a bunch of spots or I'll go right. to Vancouver and do a bunch of spots, but like no one's coming out to see me. Like you'll just make a tour poster to make it look like you're more important than you are. So yeah, this would be the first time I have on a real tour for sure. So talk about that a bit, being on the road with uh, these four mm-hmm. comics uh, or three comics, Mark Forward, Jeff McHenry and, and Ali Pierce. How's that been? It was, I can't even, it, it was such a life highlight to get to do my favorite thing. Like, I love staying in hotels. That's not my favorite thing. Stand up is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting to do it with Ali, um, and then two comics I look up to enormously. I it and getting to grow as a comic and be on a, I, it. It was so much fun, and I only had more fun with every show. It was, I don't know. I can't really even express in words how much it meant and how much it means. Yeah. Were there any locations or venues that you did on the tour that stood out? Like places you'd really, love to go back? I really like, I know the Boston show, Mark Ford makes jokes about it because that guy stood up and sang, but that was my favorite show <laughs> because the venue was so amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really enjoy um, American audiences. They really, they really make me understand like why South Park depicts us Canadians the way that they do. Like where we are a flattened <laughs> version we are a flattened version of um, Americans are just like electric and I don't know, personality wise. And it's just like, you can feel that in the room when you're performing in front of Americans. I got no Tino shade. I love, I'm a patriot. And you're, um, you mentioned the Boston show, uh, our listeners, we told them that you were going to be on and they gave us a bunch of questions. Uh, first one here's from our buddy Jeff in Maine. And he said, you were hilarious at the Boston show. Do you have any funny or strange stories from this or any tour you've been on? From Boston? Yes. Specifically? Yeah. Or any. Or any of the other stops. Or any of the other stops. But he was was at your Boston show and he said you were hilarious. I'm trying to think of funny stuff. I should have reread my my tour journal before this. Oh, you you kept a journal? I'm blanking out. Yeah. And there'll be a sub stack. So look out for it. Once I, once I finish the whole tour, I think I'm just going to do a tour, tour diary, um, Substack post. Now we've we'll had, just, we'll just link this part of the interview to the Substack once yeah. that's ready. Yeah. yeah. So that's where you can find your answer. King <laughs> Jeff from Maine. <laughs> Very good. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, not that, uh, he would ever in any way, uh, condone such behavior at a show, but what's the best heckle you've ever gotten. And that's from trace in Tennessee. What's the best heckle I've ever gone. Um, I had a heckle the other, I mean, it wasn't a heckle. It was, uh, someone like I was like doing comedy and she was like, she ate like when she, someone screams like that, but that's not a heckle. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the only heckle that I condone is when, um, like someone says I'm beautiful or attractive or something like that. Um, that is, it's unacceptable to heckle if you must, <laughs> Please make it a compliment. <laughs> Very cool. Or, you know, like a heckle. It's not, I guess it's how you define heckling. Cause some people just speak out of turn. Like some people would be like, Oh, that's fucking funny. Or that's smart. That's a good joke. Mm-hmm. So that's not heckling. Like that's just like a, you know, Feedback. involuntary response that yeah, it's like, they just, you know? just want to be heard. Yeah. yeah. Or no, it's just like, you know, when you like, I don't know, I, I do that sometimes. Like I'll just speak 
I'll be like, oh my God, oh, that's funny. You know what I mean? Uh, just like an involuntary response, but a heckle. Or like, how was someone challenges you on your shit? Like mid, mid act. Does that happen? Oh yeah. Some, or sometimes, you know what? Sometimes there have been times where people will ask a question for me to like elucidate what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And either it'll make me realize that I haven't done that, made it clear enough what I'm talking about, or it'll give me an opportunity to like respond to them, give another joke. I I don't want to condone heckles because I don't, you know, want to encourage that behavior. But it's not my least favorite thing in the world, honestly, because I tend to be pretty quick and it usually earns me another laugh when I yeah. get to respond to hecklers. Do you have a, a, a favorite? So, go- you know, your, your quick wittedness. Um, so, yeah, I was just going to ask, like, your quick wittedness would kind of almost position you for to be the kind of comic that would interact with audiences and ask questions and kind of build on that. Is that something that you, you, you kind of work into your act sometimes? I do. I used to do a lot of crowd work and a lot of that, but now I'm finding that there's like a an oversaturation of crowd work because people want to post stand up, but they don't want to burn their material before they're ready to. So now there's like such an oversaturation of um, crowd work. And when I'm at shows now, I'm real I'm like really noticing comics doing like almost no material because they're like, they just want to get clips. Mm-hmm. They just want to get crowd work clips. And then it's kind of, I find it like it's like bastardizing and like per- perverting the, the medium a little bit. And it's now it, now it's uh, you know, it's something that I'm good at and I enjoyed, but now it's, pissing me off right yeah. so on that note would like in the recent episode you guys were in in season 12 there did you write all the bits for that stand-up including yeah. including wayne's or jared's piece right where he was doing crowd work and it was very just <laughs> talking to people like, there was no actual jokes yeah. like was that so intentional and that and that a take for wayne yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that's what we were most excited to watch because we were like oh it's gonna be so funny to watch him like think he's doing crowd work but then having these most like banal conversations <laughs> with people. And we were just like, it was, it was very satisfying to like picture that and then get to watch it. Crowd work gone wrong or right. Depending how you look at it. Watching him do it. Like I almost, almost wish they didn't cut it like it as much as they did because watching right. him do it with all the silences in between and the just stillness was so funny. So uncomfortably yeah. funny. I'm sure. Well, so was that your, was that your guys first time on set? Or were you there for international women's as well? That was our first time on set. I think we were invited before, but we were just busy with whatever. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Our buddy Jay from Edmonton, he asked, uh, one of my favorite episodes of Letter Kenny is International Women's Day. I can't imagine how much fun it was to write some of the ladies' dialogue that day. Did you guys come up with anything that didn't make the cut or was deemed too much? Shit, I really should have looked at my Google Docs before this because <laughs> me and Allie kept getting this question oh, during yeah. the Q&As. Mm-hmm. And then it made me go we need to take some time to go look because I know every single time we would submit jokes to Jared, he's such a sweetheart or just so encouraging and just like the best. Like he would always tell us his highlights, like his favorite jokes that we submitted. And he would, you know, like say like five or six of them. And it was always actually nice because it's like we submitted all in a chunk, mm-hmm. but it would always be half alleys and half mine. Oh. So it, it, I know it was like really interesting that it worked out that way. It made us both feel like, okay, we're both pulling our weight Mm -hmm. equally if it almost is always like that anyways there would always be a joke that i'm like why not that one that one's so funny but you know there's also like i don't know something that i would say in my act that i would think is really funny 
would not be funny if someone else said it and vice versa, especially someone who is a character and like, you know, character driven Mm -hmm. comedy is different than stand up. Well, that'd be a good Substack post would be just all of the ones that didn't make the cut, you know, just that's a good idea. Actually. (laughs) Yeah. We'll insert it into this question as well. We're going to have a whole bunch of Substacks (laughs) injected into your interview here. It's going to be great. Well, maybe I actually should just look through those and just recycle whatever jokes, but I would not know. Here's the other problem is I wouldn't know who, if Allie wrote it or me, so then I couldn't steal oh, her joke. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tobias from Missouri has a, a million and one questions here, but I'll ask a few here. Uh, there's been talk about like some uh, universal spinoffs, so spinoffs from Letterkenny and or Shorzy. Uh, are you, do you know anything about any of them or would you be involved in any, in writing in any of those? Why don't I get any audio questions? Audio questions. Like I, I was listening to Mark Forward before this and mm-hmm. he, he got some people uh, to hear their voices. I want to hear Tobias. I didn't know that was the real name. Oh yeah. No, this, no, no recording. Sorry. <laughs> we'll do that. On, we'll do Those another the, interview. We'll yeah. get some audio ones. Yeah. Have yeah. me back. I'm honestly right. out All guys. Right. This is disrespectful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Victor, is your mic off? I miss you. Um, Sorry. I don't know if, if anything is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I think that they've, um, you know, put out some teaser t- teaser type things. Mm-hmm. If they do it, I fucking hope to God that I'm involved. I really, really, really hope I'm involved. And I hope that happens because it seems like there's like a hunger and a want for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm and but if I knew I couldn't say anyways, but I don't know. Tobias but maybe also- they don't tell me because I'm a liability and I just talk about my ex-boyfriend ad nauseum on a podcast. Right. You know, you keep mentioning your ex-boyfriend. Is that, are you, are you trying to put vibes out into the world that you're ready for a new boyfriend? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, I'm really you not can, ready for a new boyfriend. Why are you, you interested? Know, well, you can kind of let your fans know kind of what your, you know, dream date is, like what activities you like to do on your date, uh, you know, true. so people can learn about you a little bit. Okay. You know what? I have dated so many broke men that can't drive and i've loved the fuck out of them and i think i'm ready to date someone who a has their g2 and b okay so an uber delivery driver got it no no i no. you need a g to be an uber driver i need no one wants g2 i've already proved to the world i'm not a gold digger i need someone rich now it's my turn you've earned it is it gonna be my turn do you guys like lana so somebody that comes with a driver No, I don't even need that. Well, maybe it's Tobias because he's going to see you both in Indianapolis and Kansas City, and he's offering to buy you a beer in either city when you guys go there. I don't think I'm invited on those stops. No? So uh, is it because- Tell him to fly me out if he's rich. (laughs) If he's so rich, why doesn't he fly me out and ask them to be on the end of the show? He will listen to this and and get back to you with an answer. (laughs) DM me, Tobias. Uh, let's see here. Do you have any more? I, I, I really, I talk to all my DM, <laughs> my best friends, the, the wind beneath my wings. Uh, and you DM me. Matt, Matt can attest to that. Yeah. Here's one from our f- friend, Casey in uh, Virginia. She said, do you have any more stillborn jokes that you can share with us on Insta soon? And that Andy grammar bit was hilarious and on point. Oh, thanks. I didn't even know what she was talking about for a second. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking about doing that because one thing I've really noticed from watching um, watching my sets back, like I, I keep all my sets in like a folder on my laptop and I will go back and watch them sometimes to just like, you know, track my growth and see. Also, I, I'll notice I'm like, oh, my God, I, t- I stopped telling that joke, but I never really did anything with it because it either died. It stopped having like, I don't know, like whatever juice it had. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I feel like I should just start posting jokes that I can tell our um 
not going to proliferate into like something that stays in the real act that I'm building. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, it makes me insecure sometimes because I'm like, I don't want people to think that the jokes I put on Instagram are my best jokes because my best jokes are ones that I'm still polishing and not ready to put out yet. Right. So but it's whatever. Fine. Fine balance there. Our buddy Jez from Australia. This is an important point here. Uh, he asks if you could go on the road internationally outside of Canada and the U S what would be your ultimate destination? Asks Jez from Australia. Jez from Australia. Fly me to Australia. <laughs> you sound hot. <laughs> I want to come. I like the beach. Like yeah, I'll come to Australia. Yeah. Thank you for the offer, Jez. DM me. And we can attest. Like you totally interpreted that in your own Je- way. I love Jez it. is a good looking dude and he plays guitar. So there you go. Yeah. And okay. the accent's nice as well. And he's got a good accent. I actually don't want a boyfriend yet, but um, <laughs> people can start like submitting their, um, their resumes because I will need one eventually. And I want to have a baby if that's something you're interested in, Jez. Is that your answer to your question? <laughs> yeah, I want to go on tour. I want to go on tour all over the world, but I. Um, Need more fans first. So spread the word, Jez. You sound hot. Next question. <laughs> Casey uh, asks, what is your advice for women trying to get into comedy? Um, the same as any gender, just go out and do it. Um, and do not, don't start fucking people at the open mics. Do not start fucking um, a bunch of male comedians because I've seen so many girls with potential i don't know if this is coming across the wrong way but i'm already i've already started um i've seen a lot of great great women with potential uh stop doing comedy because they fuck someone or they fuck too many people and then the men kind of band together and then they just feel awkward because like again the ratio of men to women at open mics is in men's favor so then it's like you just feel awkward like i've i've had sex with comedians and i feel awkward but i'm so ingratiated in the scene that it wouldn't make sense for me to not go, but I could see at a different point in my career, if I had done that early, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have had the confidence to just show up and continue to also bomb and be bad and try yeah. to get better at comedy in front of people that, so yeah, do comedy. Don't fuck people. People are going to try to fuck you. You sound hot. Um, do it right. Comedy yes. and then do it, yeah. but don't cool. do them. But don't do them. Wait until you're a couple years in. Or um, find a one of them to be your boyfriend for four years. That's what I did. For my first four years of comedy, I had the same boyfriend. And yes, he was a comedian. And no, he couldn't drive. <laughs> Shout out, Jacob. Toronto. You're in Toronto. You don't need a car. Our, uh, our yeah, friend yeah, yeah. Cassie from Simcoe, Ontario. She's been to a few of your shows. Yeah. Uh, uh, you might know her. She was with us in Burlington as well. She said, you were hilarious at both shows I went to and were so kind when I met you during the VIP. Thank you. Uh, for her question, what advice? Well, uh, you just gave the advice for women who want to get into comedy. But the uh, second part of her question was, do you find there are different industry standards for women than there are for men? It sounds like you do. I mean, I wouldn't even know how to get into all that because it's so just enveloped into so many elements of mm-hmm. it. Like, I, you know, like it's like I, I was having a conversation with like Ali today on via voice note where it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know there's like intricacies that I'm like that happens because women blah 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 but I don't know if I could just like lay out um you know a rubric of what to expect Mm -hmm. but you want to start doing comedy Cassie that's amazing do it yeah she's been threatening to 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 do it for a while now it'd be great we'd we'd be there to see her no problem Mm -hmm. um hold on did you have any um comedians that you looked up to or or saw on the road you're like I 
just fucking love them as you were finding your voice? Yeah. I mean, people want to shit on Amy Schumer, but I wouldn't have started stand up if she didn't exist because she was no. it, really huge in comedy. And I didn't realize that I was like, oh, my God, dumb sluts can do this, too. And I thought she was the funniest person in the world, you know, and like because it's like she spoke to me and like retrospectively, I watch the jokes now and I like I see what people are talking about. They're not um, entirely original, but this is something that I. Um, I, I'm trying to like remember when I'm trying to be less precious about my material and my jokes and my writing is that it's like it's not your jokes that are funny. It's you that's funny. Mm-hmm. And it's like obviously both are funny, but it's yeah. you would w- rather watch if you like a comic, you'll watch them say anything, right? Yeah, right. So it really, I just like found her so 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 funny, and I just like I hadn't seen that before, and like that happened like when I read the Mindy Kaling book, and then I was like, oh, stand up, and then I like looked up female stand up comedians, and I saw her, and I was just like smitten, and then I, you know, Nikki Glazer was a, another huge huge influence for me. Um, Sarah Silverman, you know, all the, all the classics and then Rebecca Kohler in Toronto. And, um, I'm a huge fan of Catherine Cohen and Jordan Jensen. Um, so many people I look up to. Have you ever had the opportunity to meet any of them? I opened for Jordan Jensen when she was in Toronto. She's incredible. I, um, I was going to do Catherine Cohen's show in New York, but then the pandemic happened, Mm. but she responds to my DMS when I, when I message her, which means a lot. She's, that's nice. She's one of the most original, hilarious voices in comedy, I think. Gord from Toronto, uh, he said he really enjoyed seeing you in Burlington as well. He's curious how you found the transition to in front of the camera, like for the live at Modine. Well, that wasn't your first acting. But anyway, going from stage to front of the camera, how was that transition for you? Uh, Me and Ali actually had that conversation that um, doing roast battles first was good for informing that stand-up acting hybrid mm-hmm. um you know because like when i was first doing that the roast battle thing i was like it was pretty jarring and then the when i came around the second season i realized i'm like oh just treat it like you're like it's an acting gig if I, w- I would retake jokes like you can pause and be like i'm gonna take that again so that's how me and ali right did that like whenever it would be clunky you could just stop and it, it, was, it was interesting to treat stand-up like acting mm-hmm. yeah. it made it pretty relaxing it was interesting. I don't know. I also, I can I can bar- barely watch that episode. I mean, I did watch it and I was very proud of myself and it sure. was really cute and heartwarming and, you know, everything. But I feel like I've already grown as a stand-up since that. So I remember some of the choices I made acting and doing stand-up that I don't mm-hmm. think I make as a comic now. So I don't know if it's like fully representative of me as a comedian but right. I, I don't think it's really about that anyways uh letter kenny loves those slow motion scenes what were you thinking during that slow pull out scene you know you and ali are sitting at the bar and it takes forever to, to to zoom out uh how long does that scene take to shoot is it like a split second and and if so like what are you thinking it's like i actually don't move, do don't i have move. no memory of that shot it was no. like i think it was the you last see in your face you're like wait what <laughs> No, when I saw that shot, I was yeah. like, I was transfixed. I love that shot. It's an incredible yeah. shot. Yeah. Um, I think I was probably just worried about like the way I was like sitting on a chair in a crop top, mm-hmm. um, trying to suck in as much as humanly possible. <laughs> that's probably what I was thinking about. I can't. I mean, if you look at my face, I look brain dead as hell. So I imagine that's what I was thinking about. Suck in, queen. 
and our, suck your shit in, our Riley and Jonesy's dance moves as funny in person as they are on, on screen. <laughs> I don't, I don't know because it's like I, on screen, I'm able to see them as the characters, sure. but in real life, I could only see them as the people that they are. So right. I, like I, you know, I think I think funnier on screen because I, they become the characters on screen versus like every time there's a cut, there's such a vast difference between, you sure. know, um, Andrew and. Uh, Dylan, Dylan, yeah. sorry, yeah. sorry, Dylan, he's not going to listen to this. Do you think the cast listens to this? Some of them do. Uh, Jared does. <laughs> so oh, Hey, man. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll hold on really quickly on that one. When mm-hmm. you were on set, was there anyone that really caught you off guard when you met the real version of them versus what you had come to known in their dialogue and their portrayal on screen? I feel like Gail is the classic example. Like Gail is yeah. the most vast difference between her IRL and her character. <laughs> That's fair. Our uh, final listener question here. What is your favorite line that you didn't write? And what's a favorite line that you'd had that you did write? And that's from our buddy Dennis in the UK. Here we go again, making me wish I went through the Google Docs. Um, we'll just have to have you back on with all these. You, you know. have to. You have to. Yeah, I'm gonna we'll miss fact, you. I don't want to check you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm. I had some like. Oh, it's called. I remember. I don't think these are the funniest things that didn't make it in, but I remember thinking they were really funny. What did I have? I had some band names like we a lot of them you'd be like you just have to sorry i'm I'm struggling like punny right. kind of band names like that they'll just like rifle off yeah what did i have i had okay wait can we maybe you'll just edit this part out maybe i will pull up a google doc yeah go ahead i, I don't edit but uh we can you know vamp okay. while, while you uh <laughs> look it's up podcast the we do whatever we want yeah. here right you go, just talk amongst yourself. Yeah, you say you listened to the the Mark the uh, Mark Ford uh, interview. Did you hear Victor's uh, joke <laughs> that that he told? No, no, I was exactly. I was fast forwarding okay, for parts. Good. What was yeah. it? Yeah. That yeah. would have made was, sense to fast forward. Yeah, it made complete sense. <laughs> I was helping the man, and no. now he knows he's got somebody to count on if no. he's uh, you know a light on material. No, uh, <laughs> if he knows any, if he knows if he wants to save his career, he will completely ignore. I'll, I'll give I'll give you a softy while you're looking through your Google Docs. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're uh, you know you're an intersection. Really, wants a softy. Settle down, settle <laughs> down. So let's say you know you had to kind of you had an opportunity to go into writing, acting, or stand up. Um, you know where do you levitate? Where do you go? Um, oh, I I think I'm. A through and through stand up. Like I really love doing stand up, but um, I re- I would never want to give up any of them. To to be honest, the more I do of all of them, the more I, I love, and the more I see that they lend to each other. And you know, so you're hoping for you know, more for more acting jobs. I would love more acting jobs. Those are what pay the most, and they're really fun. And I'm like, I also am just like I'm. I feel like a newbie at acting, so mm-hmm. it's kind of exciting to figure that out. I mean, all of these art forms are really excited exciting to figure out and get better at um but acting is the thing that makes people like uh acknowledge your career the most because people don't see the work that goes into stand-up like i do so much stand-up and so much goes into stand-up but people only see what actually gets aired so it's it's funny that like i don't know whenever something's on tv that's what people think is like the epitome of my work Mm -hmm. when it doesn't feel that way to me 
but it's nice to have those things to point to so that people um believe in you <laughs> right yeah well i mean it, like my parents, like, I mean, your parents get so proud when you're on tv sure <laughs> like like i follow you on instagram i'm sure a lot of others listening here do as well and you're out there grinding every week like i can see it mm-hmm. and the passion you just want i i've seen a lot of your comments in your stories you're like you just want to perform and there's such a passion there and i mean i've seen you live as well it definitely comes through so um thank you i, I, I nice. can't wait to see where it goes yeah i'm i'm constantly just um Oh wait! <laughs> there you go. We're about okay, to let me just read you some here. of these because these are all just be dying laughing. I I used to get so high and just um, <laughs> they're not even funny. All American retards, One Erection, Rape Van Morrison, uh, <laughs> Jizzy, Red Red Hot Chunky Cocks, Nine Inch Cocks. Wait, Red Hot what? Red Hot Chunky Cocks. Um. <laughs> Some doubt, ungrateful, and uh, some of these are not, are not even funny in retrospect. But I remember three doors down syndrome. That one's good. <laughs> <laughs> Maroon four. Per- Adam Levine what? died getting another shitty tattoo. I don't even know what this was for. <laughs> Paralyzed. That one's brilliant. I think three doors down is a restaurant as well, so that could work for that. Sure. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Ali. King of Leon's don't pay a cent event. It's so stupid. Kings of Leon's. <laughs> I like that one. The, the, the Crazins. Now that they're, they're old, they go by the Crazins. The Cranberries. Yeah. Kidneys are getting stupid. <laughs> I like the Maroon 4 one. That was great. Yeah. Tan, do you have any final questions for Ali? Um, or for Olivia? Olivia. Olivia, Olivia. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Horrible. Hey, don't kill job. yourself, okay? <laughs> hey, don't, hey, don't jump off a bridge after this, okay? Uh, I, I, I forgive I feel, you. I feel shame. I feel shame. Do you have a soundboard this whole time? Yes. <laughs> well, there has to be a round two now because yeah. she's very disappointed with this performance. She We're holding heard. back. Oh, no. I'm having a blast. You guys are a great podcast. I'm sure. Tanya, oh, do you have any final Olivia, questions? thank you so much for sharing your time with us. You've been fantastic to talk to um my questions is uh who do you enjoy writing for the most there's some so many strong female characters like katie mrs mcmurray gail tannis bonnie um that all being said there's also glenn and coach um like do you do you have somebody that you love writing for um i think that i don't know if it's one character really ever like I, it's always fun to do like the Riley and Jonesy bouncing back and forth because mm-hmm. the way I'll write is like I'll think of a lot of like the next thing that would be said and sometimes I have to cut myself off and like reduce but it's fun to have that and then be like and then what would happen after that and then the, blah, 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 blah. so then Marianne and Betty Ann have that same yes um dynamic yeah. uh so they're all really fun to write for but honestly it's all just it's all just the same amount of fun I really couldn't rank it do do you when you are collaborating then do you pick like whether you're Riley and um the your your uh, co-writer is Jonesy and just try to go back and forth with what the the banter would be No it would be like I would just think of a a bit like okay. in my head and oh, then okay. but it would be really 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 satisfying when one of us would would come into the Google Google Doc because because I I would write at night and Ali would write in the morning so we would always get to like log into the Google Doc to find each other's work and then we would just be laughing you know 
and then adding jokes and tags to the other person's stuff, which was so exciting being like, oh my God, you just like, I thought it had a punchline, but now you added like a real punchline or a tag or, you know, um, so yeah, that was always really, really fun. It was, yeah. And again, it's one of those things that just, it made me love Ali even more made us even closer knowing how well we could work together because that can be a scary thing as uh, friends and colleagues, comedians, you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to work with you because I respect you so much and I think you're so hilarious and fantastic and I want to be associated with you and I want to be close to you. But what if we work together and it makes me hate you? Right. And mm-hmm. it couldn't have been the more, like, couldn't have been more opposite mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, it made us fall more in love. Phenomenal job, both of you. And uh, I wanted to also ask, um, a prostate exam, did you have uh, any writing on, on that one? That episode? Prostate? prostate? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Let me pull up the doc. And, and if you did, kudos, because that was so wonderfully done. And so like we it, it's 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 one of my favorites. It's such a really amazing episode. Yeah, I remember actually when I watched this one, it reminded me of all of these the um the McMurray and Mrs. McMurray telling the story about the shot the Mm-hmm. That was like me and Allie's sick twist. Like a lot of that was me and Allie's sick twisted minds. <laughs> oh, the, the gin gashes and the, the gin the, gash. Yeah. I remember yeah. writing on mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that was. Um, or the dicks. Oh my gosh, those two. They get to. Allie is really good with the dicks. She's. <laughs> I'm going to clip that clip right there. That's going to be. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to play that for Allie next week. Well, she is. <laughs> I'm going to open the next week's episode with uh, Allie's really good with the dicks. <laughs> 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 Love it. I mean, it's crazy. I'm scrolling through this. This is how much this is just. Um, so starting from here, this is all just the gin. Oh, wait, you can't see. Yeah. That's the famous Google Docs we keep on hearing about, though. That's (laughs) That's exciting. Gin jokes, which is funny when we spend a lot of time on like one part. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if any of that. I'm assuming some of that got used. Otherwise, let me see what the. There's anything in here that stands out. I don't know why I didn't go through this before. All right, we'll just have to have you on for a part two. It's no problem. Okay, sorry, sorry. No, no, it's okay. But uh, we we love having return guests, so uh, we'll we'll do that again. Victor, do you have any final uh, questions? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, why don't we get you to open up a little bit to uh, our listeners uh, with another one? Um, so, since you didn't really discover yourself uh, until you were into your twenties, um, let's talk about before that. So, you know, you hated the dancing. Um, so, what hobbies or interests were you kind of into uh, as a teenager? Well, I, I, I did love dance before university. Mm. But because I think that you have your peak as a competitive dancer when you're 18. So I think I just knew that I would never it, like it was going to peter out. So it's like I I think I realized I, I'm very competitive and I, I just want to be like get better. But I knew like I think I had in my head that it's like physically it's over once you're 18. Mm. I don't know why I had that. But I mean, like that is, you know, it, like I, I think I just had it in my head that I was done after 18 and I was, you know, getting into worse shape and like drinking and binge eating and very unhealthy in university so i just was not into the whatever i was always very silly and class clownish and a little bit like in my own world i would like draw a lot i was pretty into like visual arts um yeah kind of across the board kind of like an artsy uh misanthropic character 
That's really cool. Do, do you have any of your draw, drawings still preserved? Um, I have some, yeah, like old ones that I, I it was really cute for this school project I did, uh, like Taming of the Shrew, but I did it like, um, like Dr. Seuss style. Oh. It's actually incredible. I look back and it's like Taming of the Shrew. So that's what it was. And then it was all like, I created all these Dr. Seussian characters and then wrote it in the prose of Dr. Seuss. Oh, you got to put that up on your yeah. Instagram. Substack, Instagram, come on. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, actually. I, I That I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to do this thing. I mean, this is kind of like comedic. I did um, something I used to do alone. I, I did like makeovers, but reverse makeovers. And it would be like a plea of like a girl being like, please, I'm so beautiful. I literally can't even go into the mall without people <laughs> stopping me and giving me flowers. And then I would give them makeover to get it. It was called Get Ugly. And I would draw. I would. This is a big <laughs> hobby of mine. I would draw Get Uglies. And then I would oh show, show them to my family. Well, oh, you know what? With that. <laughs> love to find that. You, you have to definitely put that up. That has to be shared with the world. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to. I wish I could find them. I, I feel like they're not around. I Maybe mean, I gotta look for them when I'm at home. There you go. Well, well you're not far anyway. from home. I mean, it's Vaughn, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my parents that. Stop. I'm very busy. Oh, <laughs> Matt, your question. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I always round this, and you kind of half answered this, but y- you can't be a stranger to the reach that Letter Kenny and even Shores you've had now. Like they have got a bit of a cult following. You must have seen it in the states when you traveled. Oh my god, yeah. What has it meant to you to be a part of all this? Like the the world, I can't I can't stress enough how much this has changed my life and how it, it's. It's a it's a dream come true getting to do that tour and getting to actually see and feel the love from the crowds. It's it's been yeah I, I again I feel like I can't put it into words. I like words and I like describing my life through words and I it's one that I can't um, you know encapsulate and to anything more than that it just means the world to me. Like I it's my my dream come true. I it feels perfect. Like it's like the best biggest Canadian show that is also international and like I happened to get a job on it when I was 25 and now I can just do stand-up and now I can get my visa and like now I can continue to try to make my dreams come true because I was given this opportunity like I feel like I'm the luckiest girl in the fucking world I, I can't believe it like I didn't know any of this was possible I didn't know my life could be this good I'm so I'm so unbelievably grateful to Jared well, and everyone at New Metric yeah well, congratulations. Yes. It's deserved. We've seen you. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. All the absolute best in the future, Olivia. Yeah, and enjoy Thanks, that guys. tour. Uh, so, I mean, you're you're a really great follow on IG. Is that is that the best place to follow you? Follow me on IG. I really want to get um, followers on Substack. If you like my writing, which you claim to, if you're fucking kind of allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> um, follow me on Substack. I do some comedic writing on there. Um, it's like personal essays i'm still evolving and figuring out what it's going to be um yeah follow follow me on there all right so follow olivia on substack and, and instagram, IG. Yeah, instagram. Yeah. instagram. And, ta- and tag us or shoot stuff to us anytime yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously talk it up everywhere we can yeah oh that's really nice we will amplify where we can enjoy the tour have fun and uh, maybe when you come back like when the tour is done we can do a wrap-up and have you and Ali and, and Jeff on. I know that uh, Mark's not, you know, the biggest fan of being on podcasts, but uh, Jeff has offered to come back on. So it'd be really great to have you guys on for maybe a wrap up of the tour. That'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. You're the best. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Me. And uh, we're going to play off here with a song from last week. 
Take Me to the Freeway by the Genders. I'm free. And that's all we have for this episode. If you'd like to support the podcast, please tell a friend. Also follow us on most social media outlets at ProtestantPod. Thanks for joining us. Now we're going to go make Victor go head-to-head with our new friend Olivia in a Patreon-exclusive roast battle. That's sure to get the numbers of patrons go through the roof. On behalf of Olivia, Tanya, Matt, Victor, and myself, thank you for listening and have a great week.